Moments of Encounter is a weekly live broadcast brought to you by Calvary We Revival Labors through God's servant Chidebele Odeze. The teachings are focused on building the church and raising men that will do exploits in this end time. You can connect live to Moments of Encounter every Tuesday by 6 p.m. West African time at www.mixlr.com forward slash Moments of Encounter. May you have a life-changing encounter as you listen. God bless you. Transformed degree of glory to another in the name of Jesus Christ. Malebo Shando Kandalabasandarabashanda Rando Kandalabasandalabasundo Kandalabasandarabasandeleboshunde Lendelebo Shando Kandalabasandarabasandeleboshunde Renda Lebasando Kandalabasandarabasandeleboshunda Hallelujah. Blessed be your name, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Be seated. You are welcome to tonight's moment of encounter. We trust the Lord for another transformation in our life. Tonight, we are looking at a topic under the theme, the power of prayer. The topic for today says the transforming power of prayer. The transforming power of prayer. Prayer is talking to God and hearing from God. It is a communication between a child of God and his father in heaven. In other words, something must move from the praying man to God. And something must move from God to the praying man. What transforms the praying man is not actually what moves from him to God, but what moves from God to him. In the process of praying. So we said. Until that transaction takes place. Between the man praying. And the God to whom you are praying. Until there is a communication. Until there is a communion. Until there is a a relationship. Something must you know, move between both parties, the person praying and the God to whom he's praying. That is when we can say that prayer has taken place. If it is just maybe talking to God and there is no nothing happening or coming from God to the man praying, it is not prayer. Maybe that can be an incantation. But if it is to the living God that you are talking to, you are communicating to, you are, you are worshipping, you are adoring, you are thanking, there must be something dropping back to you. It's either he's speaking to you based on what you are praying, or he's releasing himself, revealing himself to you 
right in your spirit as you are praying. I want us to take a scripture in Matthew chapter 6 when Jesus Christ was instructing the disciples on the mountain during the Sermon on the Mount. In chapter 6, he spoke about uh, giving alms and then spoke about prayer and then spoke about fasting. But let's look at the prayer instruction he gave from verse 5 to 8. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 8. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the street, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret. And thy father which sees in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the hidden do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them. For your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. Now, there are two groups of praying people that Jesus pointed out in this instruction why he was advising the disciples on prayer. The first group are the group he called the hypocrites. These hypocrites, they are the religious people that... You know, they try to show people that they are praying. So, the concern of their heart is not really in hearing from God or getting anything as a response from God. Their concern is for people to see them that they are praying, for, pe for people to recognize their prayer life and, you know, acknowledge them and then, you know, praise them for praying. So, such kind of prayer can never ever bring transformation in the life of the person that is praying because the whole motive of the praying is not to get anything from God. And remember, it is what comes from God to the praying man that brings transformation, not what you are saying in the name of praying. Now, the second group of people that he was advising the disciples not to pray like he called them the hidden. These are the people that are not going to church. They don't know God. But they pray too. They have the, the, the way they pray to their God. And he said, one thing about the hidden, when they are praying, is that they use vain repetitions. Like they try to repeat what they say again and again, you know, just for the purpose of saying it. They are not aiming at getting any response from you know whoever they are talking to they just want to keep saying what they are saying he said for they for they think they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking so their mindset about praying is that when i speak much when i talk much much you know talking i will be heard so let me keep saying what i'm saying if i say it maybe for a longer period of time 
I will be heard and then I will get a response. So that mindset, Jesus was saying it is wrong. That they should not pray with that such kind of mindset because that's the mindset that the hidden uses to repeat things again and again in the name of prayer. He now said, but be you not therefore like them. For your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask. I want us to pay attention to that statement because that's the major reason why I took us to this passage. Your father knows what you need before you ask. So, before you say, I want to pray, God has already known what you want to pray. He knows what you need and he knows what you will ask. So the question is, why pray in the first place? Since God knows what I need and what you know I am about to pray, can't he, because he loves me and he, he knows that I'm serving him, you know, now do that for me? Why do I need to still bother myself or stress myself praying when God himself is ready, you know, to, to, to do what I'm about to ask and he has already known it. Do you understand that question? Because somebody can say, well, God, you know my heart, you know what I need, so I, I want you to just search my heart and get to know what I need and, you know, do it for me. Now, but the, there are two reasons why we are still required to pray even though God knows what we need before we start praying or asking them number one reason is that God has established it as a principle that before he will you know answer our prayers or meet our needs that we must Ask him. The Bible said in Psalm 115, verse 16, that the heavens, even the heavens, belongs to God, but the earth he has given to the children of men. So, whatever God wants to do on the earth, he will need a, an agreement, a cooperation with, from a man before he does that. So, that's one reason. Even for his son, Jesus, why he was here on the earth, Psalm 2 reflected that, you know, he said to him, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. So, even for him, before God will give him anything, he has to ask. So, it's a, it's a principle that God has established. But that's not the, uh, where we are going in the transformation power of prayer. Now, the second reason is the one that concerns us for today. Why we pray, even though God has known what we are asking. What is that reason? Your prayer is a means of man fellowshipping with God. Man having a relationship, a sharing with God. You remember that in the Garden of Eden, God created man for fellowship. Eh? He said, let us create man in our own image so that he will have dominion over every other thing that we have created. Now, but how will that happen? How will that happen? It is by the man fellowshipping with God. 
by you know God needed a man on the earth that is in his own image, a man that carries his own life, so that he will be able to communicate with him. You will be able to talk to him, and the man will be able to hear from him. We have said it some time ago that the reason why God gave man his life is to enable communication between him and the man. Because it is possible for it is not possible for two beings that doesn't have the same life to communicate among themselves. So it's actually in that prayer time that that communication goes between God and man. God desires that we come to him and talk with him, commune with him. He, he, he wanted it. It is his intention. That is one reason why he created man. To have someone on earth that he will be fellowshipping with from time to time. That was why when Adam lost that relationship, he has to you know, try to restore it back finally by sending his only begotten son just for the fellowship between him and man because it's actually through that fellowship he will empower and keep empowering man step by step to have dominion and rule for him on the earth so and it is that fellowship that we have with God in the time of prayer that brings the transformation of our life as we pray when we commune with God when we talk to God and God responds to us there is a fellowship between us and him and that fellowship brings a change you cannot fellowship with God and remain the same in fact one mark that shows that a man has had a contact with God at any time is the transformation that has taken place in his life so transformation of your inner man is the mark of a genuine fellowship or prayer that a man had with God. In other words, it is compulsory that any anybody, okay, let me put it this way, anyone that say I have prayed, one thing that must mark the life of that man is that this man has been transformed. If you say you have finished praying and there is no transformation that took place in your life, in your heart, in the course of that prayer, that will show you that you have not prayed. Because once you have a contact with God, once you have a fellowship, a, a communion with God, there must be a transformation. Now, what is this transformation we are talking about? It is a change, a major change in the inner man of a person that reflects externally. For example, you know, when we talk about the inner man, we talk about the real person you are within your spirit man your soul so sometimes someone can be weak someone can be worried about situations about you know the way things are going around your life someone can be sad or sorrowful somebody can be troubled or disturbed somebody can be afraid fearful or doubtful somebody can be confused about a matter about things that are happening you know you will just be confused or sometimes Doubt will just come to your heart about some certain things. This is a condition of your inner man. It's a state. Now, if you really pray, when you see yourself in those kind of conditions, and you really have a contact, you really have a communication, you really have a fellowship, a communion with God, the truth is that if you are weak before that communion, before that fellowship, once you have a contact with God, you'll be strong after that 
That's transformation. If you are sad and you have a contact with God, you notice that that sadness, that sorrow, that sorrow in your heart will be transformed to joy. If you are worried, if you are troubled, if you are disturbed about a situation, once you have a communion, a contact, a fellowship with God, after that prayer section, you notice that that trouble, that disturbance, that worry in your heart will go. If you are fearful, if you are afraid of something, of a situation, once you pray and have real prayer, that's why if you are afraid and you finish praying and you are still afraid, go back. Because transformation has not taken place. Are you getting it? Once you are, you, you are, your heart is not strong after the prayer, then you have to go back. You must remain there because the transformation is the evidence that you have fellowship with God. I repeat, if there is no transformation, just know that you have not prayed. Because anyone that prays through prayer and has a contact with the Almighty God in the place of prayer must be marked by the transformation. That is why sometimes people that are weak, you know, naturally, once they finish communion with God, they become bold. They become courageous to take actions. You know, you see them full of faith. You see them trusting God, doing great things for God. No wonder the book of uh, Daniel chapter 11 verse 32 says that those who know their God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploit. Now, what, what was the meaning of that? When you pray, anytime you pray and have a response from God, anytime God speaks to you in the course of praying, you notice that the word of God brings strength. The word of God is full of life. The Bible says the word of God is living and active. Living, that is, it's full of God's own life. The word is God himself. So once the word comes to you, you, you are contacting the strength, the very life of God. Are you getting it? Once, you know, you have that strength, that uh, touch from God, that strength will come to your inner man and you will see yourself strong. And of course, when God speaks to you, whenever God speaks to you, you know, when you look at what God has said, that will reveal who God is to you. And because those who know their God shall be strong, transformation has taken place. That is why real prayer has not taken place until something comes from God and touches the praying man. Amen. So we said, one advantage of hearing from God in the course of your prayer is that whenever God speaks to you as you are praying, anytime something from God drops in the in form of word or an impression or maybe a touch from God, you will have a knowledge of God, you will have a strength in your inner man. You will notice that within you, something has changed. And you see yourself, you know, very strong. Let me give you some examples. Some years ago, you know, when I was, you know, looking for admission, so I, I, I was not really sure of whether I will get admission or not. I was praying. That was about 20 years ago. I was praying. I said, God, I need you to give me admission. I was actually looking for admission in two uh, universities. And I don't know which one will work out. I don't even know whether anyone will work out. But we are just praying and all of that. So one day, one day like that, I visited my brother and I was in his house. 
In the night, I had a dream where I got admission in one of the schools. Then when I woke up, I heard God speaking. Because anytime God shows you a, a dream that is coming from him, you must hear again his word to tell you that this dream is coming from him. The, the word came and I became so sure in my heart that this is done. So, when they were now asking me, let us go, my cousin was saying, let's go to the other, to, your, to, to the school. So that we, I said, no, that God has given me admission. I was so sure. How, what is the evidence? He was saying, you don't know things, so things can change. I said, things will never change. I was so bold. My heart was so strong. My heart was never shaking. Are you getting it? That is a transformation. I just wanted to use that for you to understand what I'm talking about. Before that prayer and that, you know, response from God, there is no strength. You are afraid. If not for that encounter, you will still be weak. But because of that encounter, you notice that your heart is strong. And exactly it happened that way. So, that's the way it happens. Anytime you are still shaking, let's say you are, you, you are praying over a matter and after prayer, you are still doubting, you are, you are not contact, you are not prayed. That's just the truth. You have not prayed. You may think you have prayed. People may say that you have prayed. But as long as you don't have you know, a transformation, your, the state of your heart did not change from what it is to another positive change of state of your heart then you have not prayed go back on that prayer point you must remain there keep praying until you have a transformation that's when you know that you have prayed amen now when you read first corinthians chapter 14 verse 2 and 4 look at first corinthians chapter 14 first corinthians chapter 14 verse 2 He said, For he that speaketh in an unknown language, unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. How be it in the spirit he speaketh mysteries? Verse 4. For a, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, he defies himself, builds up himself. Speaking in an unknown tongue, praying in the spirit, builds the man that is praying. Because the, the, the Bible said the man is speaking, even if you don't understand what you, he is saying, the man is speaking mysteries, deep things in the spirit, and he is speaking unto God. And because he's speaking unto God, communion with God in the spirit. There is always something coming from God to build him up. Anytime there is building up, there is transformation. Because if you you met a house at Linter level and you come back and you notice that two or three blocks has been added, is the house the same? There is building, there is a change. There, there, there is a, a transformation. And when you read Jude chapter 20, Jude carry only one uh, chapter. When you read verse 20, it says, 
But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. That is to say, by praying in the Holy Ghost, you are building yourself up. So when you pray, that building of your inner man, you know, in, 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 in the spirit man, is a transformation that marks the fact that you have prayed. Now, how does this transformation happen during prayer? Number one, if you are making a prayer request with all your heart, the first thing God does is to open your eyes for you to see what exactly you are praying. The first thing that happens to the praying man is that the man is transformed by the prayer point. That's the first thing. And that's why most times prayers that believers pray or people pray does not you know get answer because most times before God will respond to your prayers he will look at you and ensure that this prayer point you are praying and the answer that is going to come that you are prepared for the answer so if you are not prepared for the answer he will keep you there he will keep showing you things that will happen that's why sometimes you know, I've had several, and it has happened to me too. You go for, let's say, for a set apart. Somebody is saying, I need to marry. I need God to give me a husband. Then you now go for prayer, set apart. And then, as you are praying throughout the weekend, saying, God, I need you to give me a husband. When you dream, or maybe in the course of the prayer, you will hear God telling you that you should start evangelism every week eh? and as you finish finish talking to you as you are praying in the night he will come and, sh- and, and you see yourself where you are preaching he will never talk to you about husband but what you are praying is God give me what? a husband but as you are praying for a husband he is showing you evangelism so sometimes people are confused why is it that God is, did not say anything about what I am praying no, the prayer point you are praying, the, the first thing that what must happen to you is the preparation of your life for you to be qualified to get into the prayer, the, the answer of that prayer. So if you are not prepared, God will not release the answer. That's why it's always good to you know, meditate deeply on the prayer point even before you pray. Or to ask God to show you things you don't know about this prayer point. Because most times, you think you know what you are praying. But only God knows. And that's why most times, it's better to pray in the Spirit. In fact, it's better to start praying in the Spirit. Then, as you are praying in the Spirit, you will now get a clear revelation in the course of that prayer of exactly what God wanted you to pray. What the real prayer should be. And that's where the transformation is beginning. Because when you start praying and the revelation comes, that revelation brings transformation. So the first level of transformation the praying man must have is the transformation that will come by the prayer point. As you are still praying, this one is not God responding now. It is you now praying and you getting transformed by the prayer that you are praying. Oh God, I need you to Give me a job. I need, 
you know, a, a, a breakthrough in my business. I need my brother to repent. I need, you know, my husband to repent. I need my wife to change. I need this to happen. All those prayer points you are praying, the truth is that there are things that must happen in your life before God answers them. And that's where the transformation must be. So, as you are praying, you must be paying attention to know what exactly God will show you about the prayer point which you don't know. That's the first level of transformation. The second level of transformation you are going to have in the course of praying is that the the, if the answer to the prayer request requires that you are prepared before you can receive it, then God ha- has to change you first before he responds to the prayer point. A lady said, I need God to give me a husband. But the way she is as of that time, if God will answer that prayer, any brother that marries that sister will suffer. She will not be a helpmate because she doesn't know what it means to submit to a man. She has not learned submission. She doesn't have a good character. She doesn't know how to control her, her tongue. She doesn't know how to talk. She doesn't know how to cook. How can God carry you like that and give to a man? To be a helpmate or to be a liability. So the first thing that will happen as you are praying for a, a, a husband, if God will respond to that prayer, the first answer he will give you is to begin to show you the faults in your life. The areas in your life that you are, you are to pay attention, you are to work at. Oh, I need God to prosper me. I need God to make me to become a, 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 a millionaire, a rich man. But the truth is that there is still some element of covetousness in your life. You, you have not conquered the flesh. If God is to answer that prayer, the way you will answer it is to begin to bring transformation of your life in the area of your character towards money. Are you getting it? So that's why we say, whenever you are praying, if God has not responded, that's why sometimes it seems as if the prayer we prayed or we are praying, we are not getting the answer immediately the way we should get the answer or the way we think we should get the answer. Because God will not give you an answer to the prayer that will kill you or that will destroy you or that will make you to backslide or that will make you to become proud. If you, you don't have capacity for humility and you are asking God to give you power to raise the dead, power to do miracles, great miracles. The truth is that if you pray for that prayer, you need power. The first thing that God will begin to do in answer to that prayer is to begin to develop capacity for humility because if you don't have that, if he gives you power, the power will make you proud and God will always resist the proud. So, the transformation of your life, your character, to fit the answer to the prayer you are praying is the second transformation. The first transformation is as you are meditating on the prayer, God will need to open your eyes to see whether this is actually the prayer point you want to pray. This one has to do with preparing your life for the answer. So the man praying must be transformed and fit 
for the answer before the answer is released. Amen. Now, the third transformation comes from God's response, God's answer to the prayer that you are praying. By speaking to you, by giving you a revelation, by giving you an impression in your heart, by giving you a conviction, by giving you a vision, by giving you a trance. God can answer your prayer in any of these ways. He can speak to you. He can open your eyes in the scripture and show you a scripture. Now, whenever that response comes from God, of course, the word of God carries the power of transformation. So, any response that comes from God to the praying man automatically brings transformation. Now, let's see some examples of men that prayed and experienced the transformation power of prayer in the course of their praying. Let's start with Jacob in Genesis chapter 32. Genesis chapter 32. Jacob, at this point, was going back to um, his father's house after spending about 20 years with Laban. He has been prospered by God. He has wives and children and uh, men servants, women servants, and all of that. Flocks. So as he was going back, he sent messengers in verse 3, Genesis 32, to his brother Esau, that he is coming back. And Esau sent to him and said, I am going to meet you with 400 men. Verse 6, the messengers returned to Jacob saying, we, we came to your brother Esau. And also, he cometh to meet thee and 400 men with him. 400 men with him. So, you can imagine, just think about it. How can you now gather 400 men? And where will you gather them from? The Bible says, when Jacob heard that his brother is coming with 400 men, meanwhile, he ran away from his brother 20 years ago because of you know how he supplanted him took away his blessing and the brother became angry and wanted to kill him so he ran away now after 20 years he wanted to come back and the man said I'm going to come to meet you on the road I won't, I won't wait for you to return with what? 400 men so the Bible says, when Jacob heard that in verse 7, then Jacob was greatly afraid. Jacob was not afraid. Jacob was greatly afraid. Jacob was distressed. He said he was distressed. That's his inner man became defeated. He was so afraid because 400 men. How many men do I have if it is to fight him? And he suspected seriously that his brother is coming to fight him. That was what caused his fear. In fact, immediately he began to divide. The Bible says he divided the people that was with him. The flocks and the hares, the camels, the two bands. And he said, look at what he said in verse 8. If you come to one company and destroy the company, 
then the other company which is left shall escape. So he, he, he was so much convinced that his brother has not forgiven him. He is coming to fight him and destroy him. There are situations like that that happens to us. There are times that you will get a news of a great danger that is around your life that can cause your heart to become afraid. That can cause your heart to shake. You know, it happened also to Jehoshaphat in uh, First Chronicle chapter 20. Second Chronicle chapter 20 verse in that chapter, the Bible said a great number of people came to fight um, Jehoshaphat, the children of Ammon, Moab, the children of Ammon, and the you know the Ammonites, they gathered together, they, they hired the Syrian people, and all of them gathered, the multitude was so much. The Bible said when they came to Jehoshaphat, he feared. Verse 3. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3. See? And Jehoshaphat feared. He feared. So, there are situations, there are news you will hear about the way things are happening. Maybe the way things are happening in the country and all of that. That can make someone to become afraid. Now, when Jacob feared... He started praying in verse 9. He said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord which said unto me, Return to thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of the, all the truth which you have shown your servants. <laughs> you know, for with my staff I pass over this Jordan. And now I am become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and the mother with the children. And you say, I will do thee good. I will make thy seed like the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. That was a powerful prayer. He was praying, you know, with all his heart. Talking to God, reminding God of you know what God has told him. But the truth is that, just like we said, after this particular prayer, it was not changed. It was not transformed. Because when he finished this prayer, the Bible said he still began to devise what to do. Eh? He brought 200 she goats, 20 he goats, 200 ewes, and 20 ram, 30 milk camel with their coat, 40 kind, 10 bull, 20 asses. Ten, he was gathering things. He delivered them to the hand of his servants and said to his servants, Pass over before me and put a space between drove and drove. And he commanded the foremost, the first person, saying, When Esau meets you, ask him, saying, Who are you? Okay, if he asks you, who are you? And where are you going? Say to him, your servant Jacob is presenting this present to you. 
and he's behind us. Are you seeing his plan? He's, he said, so that he will, he will use that gift to appease him. He will use that to maybe bribe him so that he will, he will not fight him again. That's verse um, 20. He said, and you say, moreover, behold, your servant is behind us. For he said, I will appease him with the present that goeth before me. And afterward, I will see his face. But eventually, he will accept him. He has finished praying, you know. You saw the prayer he prayed. Very powerful. But <laughs> I wish that we can understand how critical this matter is. Go back until your heart has changed. Prayer must change your heart. After he finished praying, he was still afraid. And he's now still trying to devise means of handling the situation by his own wisdom. You say you are afraid that you will be healed of your sickness or that your baby will be healed. But you are still devising you know, means in case if the, the prayer did not work. Eh? In case if the job did not work as I have prayed for job. If you, you know, that's why I'm saying, if we believe in God, let us really fellowship with him. If we believe that God is real, and you say you need a job, as a, somebody that came back from service, and you needed a job, excuse me, you have to pray, pray until God will speak to you, and you will be so sure, you will not be afraid again. I remember, when I, I, I needed a job, I prayed until I heard God. And God said, I will give you, I will give you a job. So when somebody was telling me I should go and meet uh, his director and all of that, I said, excuse me, I am not going to meet your director. Because God said to me, I will give you a job. He said he had a dream that." You know, that dream is like, you know, there's a vacancy. I, I say, no, 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 no. You can go and meet your director, but not me. I was so sure. And within two weeks or thereabouts, that job be became a reality. It happened just that, like that. So if you are not yet transformed, that's the essence of this message. Don't say you have prayed until you are transformed. For example, we are in the season of prayer. And we have prayer points every day. You know, there is a way to pray those prayer points. You can read them and say, Father, in this new year, open my eyes to see you. Father, in this new year. And then we say, Father, in this new year. And as we pray, 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 they say, in Jesus' name, Amen. Next prayer point. You yourself know that you are just talking like Jacob just talked. But nothing has happened inside. God is a spirit. It's not your mouth that God touches. Excuse me. Transformation we are talking about is not a transformation of your face. It's not after prayer. You that is dark now will become fair like me. I'm talking to you. No. It, it doesn't happen on your in your face. It happens within you. So if within you, you have not changed. You are not sure. There's no assurance. You are still afraid. Somebody will look at you, or maybe Satan will come to you and say, Look at you, you are growing old, you are 35 now, and you have not married. Are you sure you will stay married? Very soon you will enter menopause. 
Are you sure you still married with this your age? And you decide to pray about the matter. You know, that's our problem. You'll be praying over a prayer point for how many years? Yet, you are not sure of anything. Such nonsense must stop. Tell your neighbor, this nonsense must stop from today. You must remain in a prayer point until your heart, your heart has changed. You are transformed from the response that comes from above. If it happens, you will know. So, after Jacob finished praying, he was still scheming. He was still afraid. He was still looking for bribe. He was still looking for something he's going to use to make things by his own hand. As if God is weak. So, when he finished that night, I don't know how he got to know that, see, I must need to pray this night. The Bible said in verse 22, and he rose up that night, took his two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons and passed, passed over the Ford Jabok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone. What, what was he trying to do? He was trying to pray. And he knew that he needed to really pray. That all these things that he's saying he has prayed is not prayer. I wish that you will go back to some of the things you call prayer before. The prayer points you say you have prayed. I wish you will go as if God is, God is not weak to answer your prayers. Eh? Don't ever imagine that you can say you have prayed when within you Nothing has changed. No, you have not prayed. Jacob has to convince himself that I need to pray. And this kind of prayer that brings transformation, he said, I cannot pray it all when my wives are there. When my... He carried everything and crossed over the, to the other side and came back. He was conscious of what he was looking for. He, he, he wants to encounter God. He wants to touch God. He wants to experience God now. And the Bible said... And there, there stood a man with him until the breaking of the day. There stood a man with him. This is not a spirit. Sometimes we read Bible and we interpret our head into the Bible. A man, a physical man came. Are you getting it? So you can imagine if his wives are there. His children are there. And they saw a man fighting their father. What would they do to the man that night? All of them will join hand and say, Ah, you want to kill our father? Are you getting it? But the truth is that even though, of course, when you read the Bible, you notice that there are places that God, angels, and even God Himself appears. Like when He came to Abraham, you notice that there are angels with Him, but God Himself was there. When Jesus appeared to Joshua as the commander of the army of the Lord, he said, are you for us or against us? Say, neither. I'm not for you. I'm not against you. I have come as a commander. He's a, he's a man dressed. But that's Jesus. Because when he worshipped him, he took the worship. Angels doesn't take worship. So, he can appear as a, as a man. Now, when he came he actually came because Jacob was calling him to come. 
and he was coming to deal with Jacob. There is something called Jacob in Jacob that he wants to deal with before he will answer the prayer. Are you getting it? Jacob was asking for deliverance from the hand of Esau. But he is still a Jacob. He, 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 he deceived Esau. He, he has been deceiving people everywhere. So he needed to deal with that. And when he was trying to deal with that in Jacob, Jacob was fighting and said, no, you cannot break me or you cannot, I will not surrender. That was what caused, he, caused the wrestling. Until the Bible says he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint. And yet, Jacob was still holding him. And when the Bible said, when it is daybreak, day as day was breaking, he said, let me go for the day is breaking. He said, I will not let thee go except you bless me. So look at it. Even though Jacob was seeing a man, you know, wrestling with him, but he knew that this is not just a man. After all, where, where did the man come from? This is God. Are you getting it? So because he is God, he decided that I need to be blessed by you. I will not let you go. I need something to change in my life. I need a transformation. That is the kind of prayer that transforms. And he said unto him, what is your name? You need blessing. What is your name? When he entered into the house of his father, Isaac, some years ago, 20 years ago, to collect blessing that was meant for his uh, elder brother, Esau. Isaac asked him the same question. Say, who are you, my son? What is your name? Say, I am Esau, your son, your, your first son. Now again, he's looking for blessing now. And the man said, what is your name? He said, I am Jacob. I'm a deceiver. I'm a supplanter. He now said, you will no longer answer that name. You will not answer Jacob again, but Israel. Because as a prince, you have power with God and with man, and you have prevailed. Now, I want you to see the thing that really happened. Because after that experience in verse 30, the Bible says, Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. So it was actually a face-to-face -face encounter with God that transformed the person, the inner person of Jacob. This is the point that Jacob really encountered God. And if you read about Jacob from this point to the end of his life, he was a different man. His responses, his attitude, everything about him was different. Now you can see that it was not that, you know, to start to start prayer, that he prayed you know, and spoke that brought the transformation. It was when he became so serious, so and say, I will never leave you unless you bless me. That the transformation came. When you now look at verse chapter 33, you now see the result of that transformation. Chapter 33, verse 1, the Bible says, And Jacob lifted up his eyes 
and looked, and behold, Esau came, and with him four hundred men. He divided the children unto Leah and unto Rachel and unto two handmaids. And he put the handmaids and their children foremost and all of that. Now look at what happened. In verse 3, he passed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. Before, his plan was that they should be going. They will meet him first. So if he is coming for war, he will escape. But this time around, he was so bold. He was so full of confidence. Something has changed within him that he was ready to meet his brother. That's the transformation that happened as a result of that through praying. And I want to keep repeating. I, I wouldn't mind repeat, repeating it how many times that you have not prayed until you are transformed. Your, the state of your heart must change. It can never be the state, the same state before praying and after praying. Otherwise, there's no evidence that you have prayed. If you are still troubled the way you are troubled before the prayer, you have not prayed. If you are still weak, worried, disturbed, fearful, doubting, confused, after you finish praying, go back. Eh? Your heart must be, you know, full of confidence, full of assurance. You know, Jacob was now the person running. He was running to meet Esau. Before he was afraid, fear has left him because God has changed something inside his heart. That is what prayer does in the life of a man that has truly, truly prayed. You will be speaking with confidence. You are so sure that that which you have asked God is done. Amen. Let's look at another man, uh, another example. That's Jehoshaphat's story in Second Chronicles chapter 20. The Bible said, when the children of Moab, the children of Ammon, with them, order beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Someone came and told Jehoshaphat, there cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side, Syria. And behold, they be Hazontama, which is against. And Jehoshaphat feared. That was before the prayer. He was afraid. But that fear made him to set himself to seek the Lord. He proclaimed a fast throughout all Judea, all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Amen. So in verse 5 and 6, he started praying. He continued praying, you know, until verse 14. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Beniah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, how can ye, all Judah? That's response from God. After the prayer, God responded. And then he said, be not afraid, nor dismayed 
by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook, before the wilderness of Jeruel. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. That's what we call prayer. You will talk to God and get a response from God. If you manufacture the response, you are the one that will suffer it. You know there's a way you can talk. After talking, you, you answer the prayer. And speak to yourself. You will notice that after speaking to yourself, in the name of God, that you, you are still afraid. You are not settled yet. Until your heart, see we are spiritual beings. We need to understand what goes on in the inner man. If your heart is not strong, if your heart is shaking, if your heart is doubtful, if your heart is confused, if you are still, you know, I don't know this thing, go back. You have not prayed. That you have said so many things, or you are shouting or speaking in tongues, does not mean that you have prayed. Until something happens within your, your spirit man, concerning the prayer you have prayed, or you are praying, that's when you know that you have gotten something. The Bible said, early in the morning, verse 20, they rose up and went forth into the wilderness of Tokwa. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so you shall be established. Believe his prophet, so you shall prosper. And then when he had consulted with the people, he appointed what? Singers unto the Lord. And that, sh that should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army, and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Now look at people going to fight great multitude. And they are uh, coming with um, music, musical equipment. Eh? Timbrel and the trumpet. They are singing and dancing as they are facing going to war. What is it that can make a man to be so confident like that? Eh? What is it that can make a man to be you fearless like that. You see, God was repeating the word, fear not. You see, we are in the world and so many things happen that can cause people to fear. Jehoshaphat feared because he's a human being. So sometimes a news may come. They say, ah, the price of fuel has increased. Eh? And somebody is saying, how am I going to survive? You are afraid of the situation of things in the country. Oh, you cannot buy a bag of rice again. The price is double. And somebody is afraid. How am I going to do about this uh, period? Go to prayer. Until you pray and get your heart strong from the response that God gives you. Amen. They were singing. They were worshipping. And the Bible said when they began to sing in verse 22, to praise, the Lord began to fight. He began to, you know, he sent ambushment against the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir. And they began to fight and kill themselves. Because these people, they went out by faith. Having prayed and gotten assurance. Having been transformed by the prayers that they prayed. Amen. 
Now let's also see two more examples on that. Look at how Hannah prayed in 1 Samuel chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1. Verse 4 said, when, he, when the time came that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina, his wife, to all his sons and daughters' portions, but unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion. For he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb, and her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Mark the word year by year. Therefore she wept and did not eat. So this particular year, she did not want to eat. Then she now went to pray in verse 9. Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunken. And as she prayed, she wept sore. And then in verse 11, she vowed a vow and said to God, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid and remember me and not forget thy handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Now, what I want you to see here is that Hannah has been praying oh, eh? year by year she has been praying but her prayer has, not, has never been answered. She was still sad. She was still sorrowful. Whenever the, the, her adversary, Penina, will provoke her, make her fret, she will become sad. The prayer point lingered because for years she has prayed that prayer, but God needs to transform Hannah before he will answer the prayer. The Bible said the Lord was the one that shut up his womb. And as she was praying, God needed to change, change something about Hannah. And what is it that God needed to change? If God has given Hannah a, a child before you know, this period, other years, that child will not be a child that she will give to God. Hannah came to a point where she said, God, the reason why I'm asking you for a child now is not for myself again. Eh? Just give me a child and I will return the child to you for your use. This, and she meant it from her heart. She has been transformed you know, if a woman is praying, listen, it, it, don't think that what, what Hannah did here is a simple thing. It's not a simple thing. It's not, it's not an easy thing. For a woman looking for a child, and then she gave birth, and then she carried the child and did as she said. Some people will promise like Hannah, but when she will give birth, she said, God, please now, just give me the second one so that I will now, you know, be free enough to release. God knew that Hannah has meant it now. This is one reason why several prayers have not been answered. Because the person praying needs to be transformed. 
eh? there are some of you sisters that your marriage will be delayed because your marriage is not going to be like every other person's marriage until you are transformed to understand that you are not your marriage is not an ordinary marriage God doesn't just want you to marry like Penina and start having you know you know Penina now children everywhere how many of them you know are useful in the hand of God did you hear about that God used no are you getting it so if your own your own God is interested of course you must be changed though that thing you think you need God needs to transform you as you are praying the prayer until you become the right person that when he releases the answer you will be able to return back you know the answer to his glory so that's one thing I want us to pick here now when he said that to God God now took note of that and uh, Eli came and now spoke to her when Eli had finished speaking to her she said Eli was like suspecting her he's like you are you are drunk he said no no I'm not drunk verse 17 then Eli said go in peace and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him and she said let thy handmaid find favor in thy sight so the woman went her way and did it and her countenance was no more what is that now transformation of the inner man that reflected on the outside transformation after she got a response from God for that prayer through that man of God through that you know sometimes the response can come to you directly sometimes it can come through a man of God in the case of Jehoshaphat the response came through a prophet in our own time we don't even need well prophets or external people can confirm but right in your own spirit because the spirit of God is there he will speak to you he will give you assurance that will bring a transformation Hannah became cheerful before she was sorrowful in fact the woman that was provoking her came to provoke her again but she was surprised that ah, I said the same thing I used to say to her but she's always smiling She's always rejoicing. She's no more sad because she has been transformed. Once you say you have prayed over a matter, eh? and then after you finish praying, you came out. And then something about that matter was said. Let's, let me use student for example. You, ha- you, you finish praying that you will pass a course after writing. And then the news of the results, they broke it out. That the cause came out and there were mass failure. And the moment you heard that there were mass failure, you became afraid. And that fear made you to begin to, you know, in fact, some will not want to check the results again. They will ask somebody, please check my name. Now, as you because that fear you feared when you heard that there's mass failure is a sign that you have not prayed. That thing you say you prayed before is not prayer. If truly you prayed and God's response got transformed by your prayer, when you hear that there is mass failure, you will not shake. Your heart will be strong because you have been transformed. That's what we are talking about. So why are we looking at this today? We are looking at because our prayer life must change. We must learn to pray 
until we are changed, until we are transformed in the course of our prayer. And that's when you can say you have prayed. So that you don't say, I have prayed, and then you are repeating prayers here and there because you are not transformed by the prayers you have prayed. A sister, you know, after praying for her and then concerning a particular prayer point, then I told her that we have prayed about this matter, that you have to begin to thank God because God has answered, he has done it. Then she came around after some days and said that her sister said that there is another place they need to, they need to go for prayer and they are going to do deliverance so that that particular prayer point we prayed will come to pass, will be answered. They need to do deliverance first. In fact, they have booked her for deliverance on so and so day. And she was asking me, should I go? I said, if you believe the prayer you, we have prayed, do you think you should go? She said, no, I don't think I should go. So, so why are you asking? You know, the highest thing a man can do is to deceive himself. Just, you know yourself. You know you are, you are still afraid. Eh? You know your faith is shaking. You are not, you are doubting. Go back. And if, I'm telling you, if you go back to pray and remain in the place of prayer, God will give you a response that will bring joy, peace, you know, strength to your heart. Yesterday, I went out for a personal set apart. Just hours of set apart. To seek God concerning a matter. And I prayed concerning that matter. Prayed. I noticed that the more I pray, the more confused I am getting about the matter. I pray and pray and pray and pray. I was trying to get exactly what, you know, one of the, the, the most difficult things that, you know, a man will face in the place of prayer is to have an access to the very heart of God so that you will know exactly what God wants you to do. Sometimes there are confusions. You may, you may think that God wants you to do this thing or go this way, but you are not sure. How do you get that assurance? You need to remain there until you pray to the point that when you hear God, you can be 100% sure. When I came back, I was telling our brother that I went to pray over this matter. He knows the matter I went to pray about. But as I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, I couldn't... In fact, I have to pack my things and start coming home. But I know something about the Holy Ghost. I know that he will never, because I have prayed with all my heart, that he will come back. So it was in the night, yesterday night, that I was now praying, just singing and worshiping and praying, he now began to speak concerning that matter. And when he spoke, oh my God, by the time he finished speaking, I was full of joy. I said, I have gotten it. I have, the eyes, it's so clear that this is it. This is exactly what God wanted. You are so, I'm, I'm 100% sure. If there's anything like uh, more than 100% sure, I am more than 100% sure. I've gotten it. I'm transformed. Now, if we are to carry out that project, because it's actually a divine project, 
if you are to carry out that project now, eh, I will be going with all boldness. That's how I am bold when I'm, I do things. I'm bold not because I'm a bold man by nature. I'm not, I'm not a bold man by nature. I'm not a strong person by nature. But when I, I pray and get you know, transformed by God's word, by God's response, I act like a lion. Nothing ever will ever stop me. When I talk, I talk with all assurance because of the transformation that has taken place. Just that this yesterday, when I begin to act on that matter now, you will see how bold I will be. But until that transformation takes place, how can you act with fear? What a privilege we have in praying. I'm not talking about what you call praying. I'm talking about what real praying is. The kind of prayer that transforms the praying man. Because that's how we keep changing until we become like Jesus. The Bible says we are transformed from one degree of glory to another. Amen. So we need that transformation. That's one of the reasons why we should pray. Sometimes, listen. Sometimes, listen. If you, if you, you are to go for a program now, let me give you an example. Some years ago, a brother was telling me about a program that he wanted to attend. He wanted us to attend. He said he's excited. He wants to attend the program. The man of God that was organizing the program is a powerful man of God that all of us respect. So, you know, he wanted to attend the meeting. And he was telling me he will attend. So I told him that I'm not moved to attend any, any program until I have prayed. And God has given me go ahead that I should go, I should attend so I keep on dismissing him, he will always come around and say ah, you know we are going to attend this program I say until I have prayed so when I prayed and asked God do you want me to attend this program God spoke to me and said I want you to attend but he didn't stop there he now began to give me details where I'm going to be sitting in the program when I attend the, the way I should be conducting myself in that place and the things he wants to do in my life by the reason of the program. He began to give me so many details. It was after that prayer that I began to know, I, I, I got to know God. I, I knew God more from that prayer. Now think about it. What if I just, out of excitement, that I saw a program, and the man of God that is in the program is the man of God that I like, and I say, I'm going, without that prayer, without asking God whether I should go. All those information that was downloaded in the course of that you know communion i would have missed it and i will not have known god remember those who know their god shall be what that knowledge of god will bring strength and once you are strengthened you are transformed prayer is the greatest asset we have the spiritual weapon we have a weapon that can make us strong bold you know joyful that can return your spirit to normal state. Amen. Finally, let's look at Jesus in Luke chapter 9, verse 28. Luke 9, 28. It came to pass about eight days after this saying. Which saying is that? It was a saying... Jesus in verse 18, the Bible says he came to pass as he was alone praying. 
his disciples were with him. And he asked them, Who say the people that I am? So he was alone praying. And his disciples were with him. I want you to take note of that paradox. He was alone praying. And the disciples were with him. That is to say, he was in the midst of his disciples, yet separated, praying, connected. He was not, they were discussing and chatting, but he was praying. And then the prayer point he was praying is was he was asking God to reveal who, who he was to the disciples. So when he finished the prayer, he needed to know whether God has answered the prayer. Of course, he must have known that God has answered the prayer. So he now asked them, Who do men say that I am? So say Elijah, so say prophet and all of that. He now said, Who do you say that I am? Because he just prayed about it, Peter spoke and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then he warned them that they should not make let anybody know about it. The Bible says, Eight days after this saying, he now took Peter, James, and John and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistening. And behold, there talked with him two men which were Moses and Elias who appeared in glory and spoke of his disease which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. Now, if you look at verse, um, verse 21, he said, when Peter said in verse 20 that you are the Christ of God, he straightly touched them and commanded them to tell no man that thing. Then, the reason he said, the son of man must suffer many things. Must, must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. The son of man must. So it was at that point that Peter began to say, ah, you will not die. Eh? How can you die and all our hope will be gone? He now rebuked him and so now what happened here was that Jesus was deliberate. He knew that he would suffer many things. So he needed he needed to pray. He was asking God in that mountain of prayer. Since this thing must come to pass, since I must suffer many things, strengthen me. Are you getting it? Now, God, in response to that prayer, has to release Moses and Elijah. The Bible says when they came, they appeared in glory and they were talking about the suffering and the death. What do you think they are talking about? Eh? The Bible says, look at it now, verse 31, who appeared in glory and spoke of his disease, that is his death, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. What do you think they are talking Maybe Elijah will say, you know you are going to die now. Moses will say, ah, of course we are here. No, the truth is that they came to strengthen him. Eh? They were released from where they are to, you know, strengthen him, to talk with him so that 
he will become strengthened. Now, but the truth is that Jesus went up to the mountain to pray. Before Elijah and um, Moses appeared, the Bible says, as he prayed, as he was praying, the fashion of his countenance was altered. Listen, this this actually a transformation that began from inside. Eh? Are you getting me at all? You know that Moses, when he spent 40 days on the mountain, and later went back and spent another 40 days, when he came back, what was happening around his face? Now, the transformation that took place in Moses' inner man became so, so, you know, serious that it has to come out visibly on the outer man. That was what happened here again. The Bible says, as he was praying, that is, it was the prayer that he was doing that led to the transformation. He was not transformed because he was the son of God. He was transformed because he was praying. In other words, if Peter that he took to the mountain was also praying like he was praying, Peter would have also been what? Transformed. But they were sleeping. Amen. So, we saw that while he was, you know, praying, the transformation took place. And when he finished that prayer, as he was still praying, heaven has to come down. And by the reason of that interaction, you know, of Moses and um, and Elijah, he became very, very strong. And again, this kind of thing also happened few days before the cross. In Luke chapter 22, he was praying, so much praying. Verse 39 said, he came out and went as he, will, he was always to the Mount of Olives. Luke 22 verse 39. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that you enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. And kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Strengthening him. This is a transformation. Because after that strengthening, he was no longer the same. Are you getting it? Before the prayer and after the prayer, the man was a different person. Because, you know, just like in the, the, the former case, Elijah and Moses came for strengthening purpose. That interaction and discussion brought strength. The same thing happened here. This time around is an angel that God released and said, go and strengthen him. And the angel came and strengthened him. So after that prayer, he became very strong. Now look at what he was telling the disciples, which is where we are going to end. He first of all told them in verse 40, 40 pray that you enter not into temptation. Then verse 46, he said, why sleep you? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. When you read the Matthew account of that scripture, he said, watch and pray that you will enter not into temptation because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, 
Peter said, even if it is going into death with you, I'm ready to go. But the flesh is weak. Now, he said, pray. What will prayer do to you? When you begin to pray, prayer will bring strength to your inner man. And when your inner man becomes strong, he will be able to stand to overcome the weakness of the flesh. Because the flesh is weak and the flesh will always be weak. Whenever it comes to spiritual matters, don't ever expect the flesh to be strong. Anytime you want to pray or read Bible or do anything spiritual, the thoughts of the flesh, everything about the flesh will be failing you. I'm telling you. The flesh is weak and will always be weak. So for you to overcome the weakness of the flesh, don't pray that flesh will become strong because that will be praying amiss. It is to pray until your spirit becomes strong. It is when your spirit becomes strong that that transformation of your inner person, inner man, will now give you the capacity to overcome the temptation because temptations will always come. Why we pray is so that our inner man will be strong. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, when Paul was talking about praying in the spirit, praying in tongues, he said, when I pray in tongues, my spirit prays. That's verse 14 and 15. When I pray in tongues, my spirit prays. So, when your spirit is praying, what happens to your spirit is the transformation, strengthening of your spirit man. And when your spirit man becomes strong, you will notice that, you know, things that makes you angry before, when they come, or when they come, you will see yourself smiling. It happens to us now. The day you did not pray well or do quiet time well, you come out and maybe a little thing can make you angry. Things that on the days your spirit is very strong and refreshed, you laugh over them. What is happening to you that day that is making you to fall, get angry with people and do all sorts of things? Is because your spirit man is not strong enough. Eh? So when somebody begins to accuse you falsely, the strength of your inner man cannot make you to keep quiet. When the person speaks, speak, speak. Before you know it or before the person will speak for some time, you will charge. You will begin to respond. You begin to, you know, you can never keep quiet. And sometimes it's not about even keeping quiet because some people will keep quiet but inside they are not quiet. They are agitating seriously but it's just that they have this kind of natural self-control. Natural from the flesh still. Which is very deceptive. So the strength that comes from prayer upon the, the spirit of the man praying brings a transformation. Your spirit will always be, uh, be weak. Your spirit will be weak before prayer. But when you finish praying, your spirit must be strong. Especially on the matter you are about to pray. And even if you are not praying about any matter, you are just praying, let's say, for the day. In this case, Jesus said, pray. Because temptation will always come. So even if you don't have any prayer points, are you getting me? There's still a need to pray. Even if you, don't, you are not asking God for a car, for a, a husband, for anything at all. When you woke up in the morning, 
there is still a need to pray. Why do you need to pray? Say, pray that you will not enter into. That's one reason to pray. Because it is when you are praying that we get strength in your spirit that will give you the capacity not to fall into temptation that will come around you, whether in the day or in the night of that same day. Amen. So, what are we or what have we said? Prayer is a very beautiful thing, it's a gift. Is you know that's why listen, listen. One thing I notice about prayer is that you know until your eyes are opened to the benefits of prayer, you will never give prayer the attention that it deserves. You just be taking it. Sometimes you see yourself you are weak. You will not bring out time to pray. But the truth is that if our eyes will open to you know where prayer is standing in the agenda of things. In the economy of God, I'm telling you, we will always pray. We will all look at Jesus' lifestyle. Look at you know Paul. Look at the people that ran the race before us. They are always praying because it is only by prayer that we win, we conquer. The things we are doing are spiritual things. But sometimes you notice that it seems as if we know these things. It seems as if, as if we know that prayer is important, but we are not praying. Have you noticed that? Several brothers and sisters, they know that prayer is good. They will tell you that even the little one I pray, a lot of things happen. But to keep praying is a problem. And that's why I just want you to pray this evening and say, God, open my eyes. Let me not just have it in my head as an understanding, my normal mind. I want to have a revelation in my spirit of this transforming power in prayer. So that I will give myself to prayer always. And always get transformed whenever I pray. I'm not just muttering some words. You know, and after saying those things, you are not transformed. Rise up and pray that prayer. Ask God to open your eyes. To see. We have discussed it. We have shared it. But you need to see it. It needs to come to you as a revelation. The transforming power of prayer. So that you will know that... It is a privilege. If I want to change now, if I want to become stronger, if I want to become, you know, rise from where I am to the next level, just begin to pray. As you pray, the more you are praying, the more you are transformed. The more you are praying, the more you are transformed. And the more you are transformed, the more like Christ you are becoming. The more you are becoming, you know, an instrument that God can trust or use for his purpose. I want you to pray. Open my eyes to see. A lot of time will be wasted. If you don't see this. You see yourself having a lot of troubles, a lot of problems. And you will not even know the right time to act. For example, I told you about yesterday. If not that I said, let me go. I am sensing in my spirit that God wants to tell me something about a matter. Let me go and set myself apart. And pray over this matter until I hear God. If I did not do something like that yesterday... I will not know this will of God that I have known now. And if I don't know it, how can I do it? I want you to pray and say, God, open my eyes. I need to see. I see and I want to start praying real prayers from today. Not just, you know, you have said something, you have prayed, you, you think you have prayed, but you are, you are not transformed. Your life is not changed. Pray. Let your eyes be open. Let the Spirit of God, you know, open your eyes to see the power of prayer to transform the praying man.
Alebo Santo Candalabasanda Lendelebo Shandalabasanda Lendelebo Shandu Candalabasanda Rabasanda Brinda Leba Shandu Candalabasanda Lebosunda Brinda Leba Santo Candalabasanda Lebosunda Brinda Leba Santo Candalabasanda Rabasanda Lendelebo Shandu Candalabasanda Rabasanda Lebosunda Malando Candalabasundo Candalabashanda. Resolve that from today, you will not just say you have prayed when you have not changed. The mark that you have prayed is that you are changed, you are transformed. If you are not transformed, you have not prayed. After praying, you are still afraid, then go back. After praying, you are still doubting, then go back. After praying, you are still sad, then go back. You must be changed, you must be transformed. A friend we have in Jesus. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. There is something that God wants to tell you. But you need to set, set yourself apart. Like Jacob. Jacob was alone. He prayed. Until he got an answer. He got a response. Like I told us. I prayed and prayed. In the night, I came back again to it. I said, this matter, I cannot stop it until I get, I get, I get transformed. And now I am transformed because I have gotten a response. When God responds to you, that's when you are transformed. Resolve that you will not pray and answer your own prayers. Thank you, Father. We beg you, Lord, that you will grant us a revelation of the transforming power of prayer so that we will always get transformed determined to remain at the place of prayer until we are transformed and as we are transformed we know that we have been strengthened that we are no longer the same may our eyes open to this so that it will it will Give rise to a change in our prayer life from today. In the name of Jesus Christ. May we also know that our spirit man needs to be, you know, strong and in the normal state always, only by prayer. And that will help us to know that we must always pray. Say, pray that you will not enter into temptation. May, may prayer become our lifestyle. May, may it be. You know, even if we don't think we don't have anything to ask or to request, may we just come before you to fellowship with you, to pray. Because we know that by the reason of that, our spirit man has strengthened and we will be strong enough to overcome any temptation that is coming along our way. 
Thank you, Father, for today. Thank you for your word. May this word never depart from us until it has fulfilled your purpose for sending it to us today. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Briefly, can we commit so that God has used to minister to us? Thank you for listening. We trust you are blessed by God's word. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website www.calvaryonline.org For testimonies, counseling and prayers you can send an email to calvaryrevivallabels at gmail.com or call 080-6560-7999 You could also follow us on all our social media platforms at Calvary Revival Labels. <laughs>